Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're looking at the Acts of the Apostles and asking the question, what about Acts for today? And in introducing this week's series yesterday, Colin, you made the point that we are called to impact the world with the kingdom of God. This is not about the church promoting itself. And uh, you also suggested that maybe the church has embraced things that have been contrary to Scripture. So we're really examining the role of the church today. But not just by looking at the church, but by looking at the scripture and seeing what kind of church it is that the Holy Spirit caused to emerge. It's not an argument to say, well, the situation is so different today that um, we're going to see a a different church emerge than we saw in in, uh, the New Testament. Spiritual principles never change. The Holy Spirit is the same today as he was in the very earliest years of the church. And where he is allowed to have his way, he will reproduce the same life, the same love, the same power, and the same manifestation of the kingdom of God in the world. And that's really the call. That's the commission that God gives us as his church to go and make disciples who are living the life of the kingdom. So we're going to pick it up in Acts 1 verse 4. Jesus uh, appearing to the disciples in his risen body. While eating with them on one occasion, he commanded them, Stay in Jerusalem until you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit that my Father promised and of which I spoke to you. Right? We'll pause again there. It must have been a great temptation for the disciples to go racing through the streets of Jerusalem, crying out, he is risen, he is risen, he is risen. You see, he has vindicated himself. He has shown that he really is the Messiah. Because now they knew the truth of his resurrection. They had seen Christ for for themselves in his risen body. But Jesus says, no, don't do that. Receive the power first from on high because you will only be able to communicate the truth in a way that will impact the lives of other people in and through the power and the life of my Holy Spirit. So wait until you have received that gift of the Holy Spirit that my Father has promised you. Now, if we relate that to what is going on today, as we saw yesterday, in in many contexts, the Holy Spirit has been demoted again Uh, And I was explaining how in the early years of my Christian experience, there was very little activity or talk about the Holy Spirit. And then out of all the methodology that was taught in the early 60s, uh, there emerged this move of the Spirit that was called the charismatic movement, where it was as if the ministry of the Holy Spirit was restored to the church. And what we've seen in recent years is a return to the methodology that existed before the charismatic movement and less and less emphasis upon the need to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Lip service is often paid to that, but that is not the same as people actually living in dependence upon the Spirit. 
And so Jesus is saying to the disciples here, if you are going to be effective in fulfilling the commission that I've given you to take the gospel of the kingdom into the world, you're going to need to depend upon the life and power of the Holy Spirit, which is the gift that my Father promised to you. And then he explains, for John only baptized people in water for the forgiveness of sins, but within a few days you will be immersed in the Holy Spirit, baptized in his life and power. Now, <clears throat> to be baptized is to be immersed, is to be completely infused with. It's not to have a little taste of. And the great promise that John the Baptist gave about Jesus is he would be the one who would personally baptize in the Holy Spirit. Now, we have to distinguish, as Scripture does, between baptism in water and baptism in spirit. They are not the same, either in Scripture or in experience. Uh, when we are baptized in water, we're baptized into Christ. When we are baptized in the Spirit, we are baptized by by Christ. Our baptism in water shows that we've been incorporated into Christ, but Jesus and only Jesus is the one who can baptize people, immerse them, completely infuse them with his Holy Spirit. And uh, you see this in the baptism of Jesus where he was baptized by John in the water. It was when he came up out of the water and when he was praying, it was after his water baptism, that the heavens were open and the Spirit of God came upon him. And we can see many uh, or several um, uh, analogous incidents in the Acts of the Apostles uh, and in the Epistles as to, uh, as to how that activity of the Spirit was something quite distinct from actually being incorporated into Christ. So the wonderful thing is this, that if a person has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, he has actually been baptized not only into Christ, but he has been baptized by Christ himself. It is Jesus Christ who has immersed that person in the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, if we're immersed in the Spirit, we've got to stay immersed in the Spirit. We've got to stay submerged in the Spirit, stay infused with the Spirit. Baptism of the Spirit is not an experience that we can, we can sort of tout around like a qualification. Well, I'm born again, tick that box, and I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, tick that box. No, God's purpose is that we live immersed in the Spirit, that we live infused with the Spirit, that in our lives as individual Christians, the Spirit of God is just pouring out of our lives. Jesus said, as rivers of living water, that in the life of the church, corporately, there is such a sense of the presence of the life, of the love, and the power of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is able to work through the church and impact the world around with the presence and the, and the life and power of the kingdom. The point being that we cannot operate and build the church and do the work of the kingdom without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Whatever is going to produce fruit in our lives will be the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Not our own effort. Not our own effort. Uh, and the scripture is so clear about that. 
But even Jesus himself, you see, when he talked about himself as the vine and the disciples as the branches, said that we can only bear fruit by abiding, by remaining in the vine, by remaining in Christ. Why? Because it's when we're in Christ that then the Holy Spirit of God can be imparted and then can flow through our lives to produce the fruit. And that is the purpose of every branch, to bear fruit. But not just to bear fruit, but fruit that will last, that the Father may be glorified. Now, what is fruit that will last? Fruit that is of eternal significance. Not just things that we want to do for God, but the only things that produce lasting fruit uh, are those things that the Holy Spirit does in and through us. So, uh, this is why we are so dependent upon the Holy Spirit. There's lots of things we could do without the Holy Spirit, but if we're to produce fruit that is going to have eternal significance in the lives of people, then that will be the result of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. Very, very exciting because the Holy Spirit is given to all those who believe, all those who trust in God. He is available to us. And if to anybody asking, if uh, anybody listening, if you've never asked to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, well, the Scripture says that's all you have to do, ask. It's not a question of just saying, oh, well, I believe that because I was baptized in water, I have received the Holy Spirit. Fine, but to be born of the Spirit and filled with the Spirit are two distinct things in Scripture. And... Uh, where is the evidence of the power in your life? That's the point. Where is the evidence of how the Spirit of God is flowing through your life? What are the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that you are seeing in your worship, in your, in your lifestyle? So that, because those are the very evidences of how far the Holy Spirit can work in and through you. It's all the time making the point, Colin, that we seem to put so much effort into running our churches and coming up with ideas that really we wouldn't need to expend that energy if we were empowered by the Holy Spirit. If we spent more time praying and less time talking, we'd get a lot further. Because, you see, how do you bring the life and power of the Holy Spirit into the various circumstances and situations in which we're placed. And the answer to that is through prayer, but not just um, any kind of prayer, but prayer of faith. The prayer of faith releases the activity of the Holy Spirit into our circumstances. And of course, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And, and so, uh, you know, every church is to be a faith church, not, not in any sort of American sense or non-biblical sense, but in a true biblical way, we are to be, as the scripture says, the household of faith, the people of faith who are filled, empowered, and equipped with the Holy Spirit. And uh, the, uh, the great thing for us to appreciate is that if God has called us to be his people, to be his church, to be disciples with this great commission, then that is because he wants us to succeed. He doesn't want us to fail. He's not going to make life difficult for us. He's not going to withhold from us the very things that we need in order to fulfill his call. 
He's going to release whatever life, whatever power we need into our lives, into his church, so that we are truly equipped to fulfill his purpose. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 